Hi, friends. This is Steve Schallenberger. To all of you who use an electronic or digital calendar, we have just released the number one time management tool to lead your life electronically. So to get your pre-week planning Chrome or Outlook extension, just go to dowhatmattersmostapp.com. All right. Have a great day. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast. We're here to provide you and your team with the resources, tools, and content to achieve your greatest potential. For those interested in additional resources or services, such as the weekly planners, online planners for Chrome or Outlook, keynotes, live training, coaching, or certification, you can visit our website at becomingyourbest.com. Now, when you listen to an episode that resonates with you, We invite you to share it with your family, friends, and team members so that they can experience the same type of motivation and results in their lives. Also, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. It works on Apple, Stitcher, Google, or whatever platform you're using so that you can get a new podcast reminder each week. Now sit back, let's get started, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you may be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and it is a privilege to be with you. I have so much been looking forward to this. I admire you. We admire you. The very fact you're listening to this podcast says so much about you. So welcome, and let's have a great time today. Recently, I had the opportunity to watch once again a movie called Darkest Hour, and the fate of Western Europe hung on Winston Churchill, it seemed like, in the very early days of World War II. The newly appointed British prime minister must decide whether to negotiate with Hitler or fight on against incredible odds. And during the next four weeks in 1940, Churchill cements his legacy as his courageous decisions and leadership helped change the course of World War II. It's quite a story. And as people seek to influence Churchill to negotiate with Hitler and give up their freedom, with time as he struggles with this issue, and it's the darkest hour and British troops are stuck at Dunkirk and facing annihilation, it seemed like the pressures of the world were on Churchill's shoulders. And as he thought about this, he thought about what in England, under the occupation of a person like Hitler might be. And he went and rode on the transportation system and had the opportunity to talk with people and get their opinion. And he said, if you could have a negotiated peace with Hitler, what would you think? And all of a sudden, the people started saying, never, never, no, we'll fight them in the field. We'll fight them on our beaches. And I mean, he was inspired because it helped crystallize his thinking. And he went back and made this famous speech in Parliament and turned today. Well, every single one of us, I think at one time or another, come to this crucible, if you will, this moment where we feel the whole burden of the world. And so that is what I want to talk about is how do you turn a darkest hour 
into a moment of triumph in your life, uh, a triumph that goes forward and builds and inspires your life for the rest of your life. And as he worked on this situation of World War II and the war escalated, the British were demoralized by feelings of helplessness. So night after night, hundreds of German bombers dropped death and destruction on London's Manchester and Reading. And night after night, people lost their homes or their workplaces or or their lives. Children were sent to the country for safety. Teenagers are trained to fly fighter planes. And the headlights headlights of cars were kept off. And black paper covered the windows of every home and business. And along with suppressing the lights of everyday life, the smoke and dust dimmed even the light of the sun. Demoralized doesn't seem adequate to describe what the British people felt. And in the midst of such despair, this man, Winston Churchill, with a will to live and the vision for better days, turned British hearts and minds towards hope with only 39 words. Here are the words that he spoke essentially in the parliament as I just uh, described that situation. Never give in, never, never, never in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to the convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to the force of evil. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Well, this spirit of that message inspired British and her allies to fight back with great courage, and not only for their survival as a nation, but for a worldwide victory over tyranny. It was how to experience this triumph from the depths of despair. The British learned the hard lesson that the ultimate enemy can be within ourselves, where we each battle this urge to give up. So Churchill's rally to a belief in victory is a rally we can each give ourselves. And the truth, well, as Deutschen Gershi put it, victory always starts in the head. It's a state of mind. It then spreads with such radiance and such affirmations that destiny can do nothing but obey. And so find this moment of triumph, the glory of the triumph. And it's during moments of discouragement or despair when you aren't sure if you can easily make it that success can be found as you reach deep down within and fight back with courage, faith, and the spirit of keeping on. Some good examples of this are in 1990, while Joanne Rowling was on a four-hour delayed train trip from Manchester to London. The idea for a story of a young boy attending a school of wizardry came fully formed into her mind. And as soon as she reached her Clapham Junction flat, she began to write immediately. And after moving to Porto, Portugal to teach English as a foreign language, Roland married, and the couple welcomed a daughter the next year but separated only a few months after her birth. And the next month, Rowling and her daughter moved to be near Rowling's sister in Edinburgh, Scotland. And during this period, Rowling was diagnosed with clinical depression and contemplated suicide. Seven years after graduating from university, 
Rowling saw herself as the biggest failure I knew, quote, unquote. Her marriage had failed. She was jobless with a dependent child. But she described her failure as liberating in her 2008 Harvard University commencement address. She said, quote, failure means a stripping away of the inessential. I stopped pretending to myself that I was anything other than what I was and began to direct all my energy to finishing the only work that mattered to me at that time. Had I really succeeded at anything else, I might never have found the determination to succeed in the one area I truly belonged. So in order to teach in Scotland, she needed a postgraduate certificate of education something that required a full-time year-long course of study. So she began the course in August 1995. And after completing her first novel and having survived on state welfare support, she wrote in many cafes, especially Nicholson's Cafe, whatever she could to get Jessica, her daughter, to fall asleep. And in 1995, Rowling finished Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, it was on an old manuscript typewriter. Her agent submitted the book to 12 publishing houses, all of which rejected the manuscript. A year later, she finally gave the green light, and a 1,500-pound advance in money came by editor Barry Cunningham from Bloomsbury, a small publishing house in London. Although Bloomsbury agreed to publish the book, Cunningham advised Rowling to get a day job. <laughs> he believed she had little chance of making money in children's books. In 1997, however, Rowling received an $8,000 grant from the Scottish Arts Council to enable her to continue writing. In the following spring, an auction held in the United States for the rights to publish the novel was won by Scholastic Magazine or Scholastic Enterprises Publishing. For $105,000, Rowling said she nearly died when she heard the news. In June 1997, Bloomsbury published Philosopher's Stone with an initial print run of 1,000 copies, 500 of which were distributed to libraries. The book subsequently won the Nestle Smarty Book Prize, the prestigious British Book Award for Children's Book of the Year and the Children's Book Award. The rest, as they say, is history. Harry Potter is now a global brand worth an estimated $7 billion, which is, and that's pounds, like $15 billion, and probably a lot more in today's world. And the last four Harry Potter books have consecutively set records as the fastest-selling book in history. The series, totaling 4,195 pages, has been translated in whole or in part into 65 languages. The Harry Potter books have also gained recognition for sparking an interest in reading among the young at a time when children were thought to be abandoning books for computers and television. So J.K. Rowling came to a point in her life where she felt like a failure, right? Darkest hour type. And instead of giving up, she stripped away everything and started building from there. She found her crucible life in that moment. And leveraging her unique talent, she worked on the story of Harry Potter, 
And the result was a changed woman and a changed world. J.K. Rowling isn't alone. She made her triumphs, didn't she? Others have also suffered setbacks were just as dramatic and discouraging as just one example, Roger Bannister, the first person to break the four-minute mile, was horribly burned in a fire and was painfully disfigured. He came back through much adversity to become the fastest district runner alive at his time. He turned that dark hour, that challenge, that crucible in his life into a triumph. Now, listen, my friends, it's normal to get knocked down in life. And it's okay. It's how we learn. But what is not okay when you get knocked down is to not get back up. And the fact is that history is not made by people that get knocked down. History is made by people that get back up over and over again and figure out how to turn those knockdowns into a triumph. And so we see these examples of endurance and persistence and never giving up. And we remember the triumphs, the victories. So how can you overcome the obstacles in your way and achieve your goals, dreams, and aspirations and visions? Well, the only way to do it is by working on the triumph. You get knocked down, determination of getting back up, never giving up, and going to work on the triumph. Listen, regular people experience bad in many ways, and your bad can stop you in your tracks. We had a memorable bad in our, as we think about good, better, best, right? Well, there can be bads. So we've had some as well. Uh, In our family, about six p.m. one evening, our son David was in a serious accident that resulted in a critically broken neck. He was immediately put in a halo to keep his neck secure. At the time, he was, and you know what a halo is, it's where they bolt that big apparatus to your skull and secure it around your neck. And it's not removable. You have to wear it about six months or whatever time is needed. So he was put in this halo to keep his neck secure. And at the time, he was scheduled to start law school in about six weeks. So how could he pick up the pieces? Well, the brace prevented him from turning his head. Uh, He couldn't drive, and it was a difficult time to do any work at all. He was in pain and wasn't even sure he had ever regained normal function. But he resolved to start law school on time. His I'll-show-you attitude did just that. He refused to give in or give up, and thanks to the help and support of his family, professors, and classmates, he recovered fully and not only started law school on time, but graduated with his class on time. This was a great triumph in his life. Your bad may include such difficulties as, how will I pay my mortgage without a job? How can I ever trust again when he or she betrayed me? How do I feel love and forgiveness ever again after her divorce or his divorce for me is final? And when will peace come into my heart over the loss of two sons to a drunken driver? Or how do I recover from heartbreak, right? Well, a bad in a company, an organization can upend momentum and effectiveness at work. And so we see this all the time. And as we look at these kinds of difficulties, never giving up, going after 
this triumph is an attitude. It's a process. It's a mantra all rolled into one to unlock your potential in the face of difficulty, crisis, or disaster is wrapped up in the will to go on. To have this triumph, this wonderful, glorious triumph that's all the sweeter because you were knocked down and you had to get back up. And this is where the satisfaction and happiness comes. These are the times that you discover what is within you. And you have a choice when it seems that difficulties have locked all the doors. That choice is to stay in the game, to keep fouling off strikes until your pitch comes. And then hit it out of the park. (laughs) And really, as you think about it, to achieve your very best in the spirit of good, better, best, and never let it rest, you must defeat the enemy within. And one of the biggest enemies to personal happiness and joy in the journey can be feelings of discouragement, loneliness, and disappointment, defeat, or being overwhelmed. Beset by these kinds of feelings, you fail to win because you give up before you give yourself a chance or you're afraid that the cost in terms of effort or other resources is too high or you believe the critics within your own voice and without others around you who say you can't succeed. But continuing to think you can win, you can have a triumph when success seems out of reach is not a gift but a decision you need to make. Nothing splendid has ever been achieved, according to Bruce Barton, except by those who dared to believe that something inside of them was superior to the circumstance. We have many wonderful examples of these. And sometimes it's not the crisis that takes you down. What takes you down is giving up. And those who don't give up prosper in the worst of times. They look around and they find something to believe in, and they figure out how to create their triumph. They change careers and offer a new service, start a business. They commit to do something and go the distance, and you can do the same. Consider the inspirational life of Abraham Lincoln. Remember, he wasn't always president, right? He wasn't always President Lincoln. And as a politician, Lincoln was the defeated in his first try for the legislature. He was defeated in his first attempt to be nominated for Congress, defeated in his application to be commissioner of the general land office. He was defeated in the senatorial election of 1854, and he was defeated in his efforts for the vice presidency in 1856 and defeated in the senatorial election of 1858. He said, quote, I am now the most miserable man living. Oh, my goodness. Now, that sounds like a dark hour, doesn't it? Wrote Lincoln to a friend, quote, if what I feel were equally distributed to the whole human family, there would not be one cheerful face on the earth, unquote. (laughs) The depth of Lincoln's failures led him to despair of ever feeling happiness and success. But you know the history and what changed. And the fact that others have succeeded in the face of high odds against them doesn't always help you feel better. But examining their stories can help you figure out what to do next. Lincoln's example is obvious. 
And now look at some people you may not have realized were failures before or while they were succeeding. One is Thomas Edison. He was fired from his first two jobs for being non-productive. And as an inventor, Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts before he finally invented a light bulb that worked. And Michael Jordan, the Hall of Fame national basketball player, one of the greatest professional basketball players ever, said this, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. And on 26 occasions, I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in life, unquote. But that is exactly why I have succeeded. Don't you love that? In other words, he understood that, yeah, we get knocked down. We have tough times. But it's getting back up and working for the triumphs that really makes the difference. Well, you know what? There's some things that you can do. Nothing is ever accomplished without determination and dedication to see an idea and goal or ambition to its completion. And just as a car will take you nowhere without an engine, all the good intentions in the world will prove useless without action. It's important to recognize the things that might deter you from your goals and then employ strategies to keep moving forward. The quality of seeing something through of overcoming overwhelming odds and bouncing back from serious setbacks can be learned. And so working for your triumphs, having the moment of triumph, never giving up, combines the three previous principles we just talked about here recently in podcasts of being true to character, innovating through imagination and applying the power of knowledge. And so as you work on these things, they're very powerful. And four essential habits of of achieving your triumphs, of never giving up, can be learned and applied to help you through when things are tough. Here are the four things you can do. Hold on to an inspiring purpose and experience the achievement of the triumph. Be determined you will never give up. Number two is practice the power of positive thinking and maintain only positive language and eliminate negative language from your vocabulary. Number three is control what you can control. We recently just did a podcast a few weeks ago on that subject alone, how powerful. And last of all, repeat the mantra, I will persist, I will succeed. I will never give up, and I will achieve my triumphs. Of these, these are all powerful, and and I love the impact that they can be in our life. I would like to just finish today in thinking about this number two one, practice the power of positive thinking, of having a positive mindset. I love the writings of William James. He wrote, quote, The greatest discovery of our generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. And as you think, so shall you be, unquote. Don't allow yourself to think any negative thoughts. 
Fill your mind with positive literature, prose, music, and media. Things like The Amazing Grace, the movie Amazing Grace, or Apollo 13, or Rudy, or Remember the Titans. The Greatest Showman, I love that. The Sound of Music, The Legend of Bagger Vance, and Rocky, there's so many more. Stay focused on your vision and goals. Have faith and believe in a positive outcome. Remember that time spent thinking negatively is time not applied to creative thinking and solutions. I love this. One night, Edison's lab was destroyed by fire. I don't love the fact that happened, but his example, I do. The next morning, he looked at the ruins and said, there is great value in disaster. All our mistakes are burned up. Thank you, God, we can start anew. Don't you love that? And former president of the United States, Teddy Roosevelt, shared the following inspirational quote. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man or person, woman stumbles and, or fell, or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the person who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who knows the great enthusiasms and who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, and not only knows the great enthusiasms, but knows the great devotions and spends himself or herself in a worthy cause. And at the best, in the end, the triumph of high achievements. And who at the worst, if there is failure, at least fails while daring greatly, so that he or she shall never, their place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Well, this is a, a great thing to consider. We've talked about today. As easy as, as illustrated previously, I've always been grateful for inspiring examples. And one of the ones that's inspired me as much as any is the life of Helen Keller, as she and her family lived the principle of never give up, of achieving your triumphs. And as I mentioned earlier, Anne Sullivan arrived to find a child who did nothing but more than scream, weep, kick, and bite. But she refused to give up. And despite Helen's profound handicaps, she proved to be an eager and brilliant pupil. And with Anne's constant companionship and help, Helen later went to school, learned how to use a special typewriter, and learned to read Braille, not only in English, but also in Latin, Greek, French, and German. She also learned to understand spoken words by placing her fingers on the speaker's lips and throat, something she started doing at the age of 10 with Anne. And after much practice, she could imitate the sounds by feeling the movements and vibrations of her own lip and throat. This girl who could once only utter animal-like sounds, gained admission to the prestigious Radcliffe College and graduated with honors four years later. She spent the rest of her life working on behalf of those with handicaps. Imagine if Helen's parents or Ann Sullivan had given up on Helen, how different Helen's life would have been 
and how different our world would have been. What would have happened if Bannister or Ernest Shackleton of endurance type or Helen Keller or Lincoln or J.K. Rowling or thousands of others had given up? How different would our world be today? It's the same for you as you journey along life's pathways. Remember that you have unique skills and abilities and that your best often is realized through a spirit of determination, endurance, and faith in yourself, and faith that things will ultimately work out. May you never give up. May you seek those inspirational triumphs and achieve those. May you turn your darkest hour into your most glorious moment and have the satisfaction of ever that you did your very best. I'm Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Your Best podcast. If there was something in this podcast that you felt would be helpful for a family member, a friend, or even a coworker, we invite you to share this podcast with them now while you're thinking about it. Also, remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Now, for additional resources and tools, such as how to join our monthly peak performance coaching program, or how to get certified as a trainer or coach, or schedule a workshop or keynote, you can visit our website at becomingyourbest.com. We're here to provide you and your team with the resources, tools, and content to achieve your greatest potential. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful day and a great week.